Hey folks, JR, back for another episode of Fallen Badge. This episode is about the murder of Officer John Sykes. Now there was a an appellate court record available that I was able to use for some of this episode, but it was really spotty. I've never seen an appellate court put so little information when they were ruling on an appeal. But either way, I was able to get with some of the old police and they were able to fill in some blanks. Always appreciate their help. Now, Officer Sykes, he graduated from the old Memphis Police Academy Armor Station on South Flicker around December 18, 1982. Now, he was assigned to the Charlie shift at the North Precinct. He was working the C shift, that 3 to 11 shift. Now, on that same shift was a veteran officer, Bobby Hester. And as many of you are probably aware, 12 days later, Officer Hester would make his last call at 2239 Shannon. Now Sykes had a training officer, it was Russ Akins. So it's Friday, December 31st, 1982. Akins took the night off, so Officer Sykes was riding with Charlotte Creasy. Now, just a few miles away, another set of partners were preparing to head out for work. That was Donald Wayne Hopper and Randall Cole. Now, this pair of miscreants were renting a room at 4079 Burrow Street. That's a quiet little neighborhood just east of Jackson and just south of I-40. So the pair, they climb into Cole's Pontiac. Hopper is driving. Now the pair are armed with a 357 Magnum revolver and a shotgun. Now we don't know how long Hopper and Cole were riding around before they picked out a victim. At approximately 7 p.m., Ernestine Mayhem stepping out of her car at the United States Post Office located at 3711 Austin P Highway. Now that's just half a block or so north of Yale Road. Now when she steps out of the car, Defendant Cole is standing there and he threatens her and he gets her purse. Then he runs back to the Pontiac and Hopper, he punches the accelerator and they head back south along Austin P. Now the Pontiac was running hard. Hopper was driving evidently very erratically. So he blows through the intersection at Yale and Austin P. And then he comes through the one at Coleman. Now, just about that time, Officer Sykes and Creasy, they were northbound on Austin P. 
they were either at or near the intersection of Overbrook when they saw the Pontiac all over the road. Now Hopper must have been a non-driving individual to be driving so bad that the police take notice of you. But how impressive was it that he goes no more than about three or four blocks and his non-driving self gets the police after him. Just goes to show you what losers these two guys really were. Chrissy's driving, she does a U-turn. They begin pursuing the vehicle, lights and siren, and they're on the radio, uh, I would imagine. Now, they had no idea the, the pair of men inside that Pontiac had just committed an aggravated robbery, nor did they know that the two individuals were heavily armed. So the Pontiac, it reaches the intersection of Austin P and Stage. Now I'm not sure if the suspects turned left and proceeded eastbound on Stage and then turned right on the Coleman or if the suspect vehicle continued straight through the intersection and made the left on Raleigh LaGrange and then went back east. Now the suspects were not more than two or three minutes from their house they were staying at on Borough. And it would not surprise me if the two of them were arguing over whether to head for the house or try to lose the police first, then head home. You have to remember now, the robbery just occurred. There's no cell phones. That means the lady had to go inside the post office, get someone to call the police. So no one knows about this robbery. At least not the police. Now, I don't know which route the suspects used of the two, but either way, the the path of either would have merged at Raleigh LaGrange and Coleman. And the Pontiac would now be going eastbound on Raleigh LaGrange before it turned right into John F. Kennedy Park. Now I'm in another quandary as to where the suspects stopped and parked once they got inside the park. Now there are several pull-offs and parking areas. I don't believe they drove too far before stopping, and my best guess would be Hopper turned off the headlights and either backed in or made the small circle in that first turnaround, which was not more than 100 yards or so from the entrance on the right-hand side, just past that little building sitting on the right. Now, Creasy and Sykes must have been close on their heels because the officers pulled in the park as well. And now we've got more conjecture to this story. And that is, at what point did the officers reach when Hopper gunned the Pontiac and drove past the police car? In any event, the suspect's car at some point was near parallel and on the passenger side of the cruiser. When the passenger and the Pontiac coal, he 
cranked off three rounds from the 357. Now the rounds hit the squad car. One of those rounds hit Sykes in the neck. So 13 days on the job and Sykes has been hit and he's down. Now he's transported and I believe it, he went to Methodist Central downtown by fire department ambulance where he died several hours later. Now, it wasn't too long after that that the suspects were arrested. The car was recovered, the pistol was recovered, and both of them were convicted of murder and perpetration of an aggravated robbery, and they were sentenced to life in prison. Now, that's not life without parole, it's just life. Now, one of the two suspects, he was our defendants, he was paroled sometime after 2011. And the other fella, he died in prison. I don't know which one got paroled and which one died. Side note on this case, the two defendants were attacked by a large group of inmates and stabbed repeatedly not too long after arriving at the state prison. Now, both of them survived the attack. It sure does make you wonder if the two being, a, being attacked was a coincidence or someone made some phone calls and cartons of cigarettes made their way to the attacking inmates. Don't really know. John Wesley Sykes Jr. Badge number 886. End of watch. December 31st, 1982.